Welcome again to our frequent podcast called Wear Many Hats, inspired by Ethan Hawkey. Throughout the year, I, David Panter, the Business Development Director for Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, shall be interviewing prominent facilities management and procurement subject matter experts across a range of industry sectors. It is these people with their wealth of knowledge and experience that will inspire the next generation of young professionals. Our objective is to share our guests' stories and experiences to help motivate, engage and inspire others into the industry. Through Wear Many Hats podcast, we hope our listeners will gain new perspectives, insights and learn about strategies to develop their careers in the facilities management procurement business. It gives me great pleasure to introduce uh, Sebastian. And you are from? Uh, the Montcalm Hotel Group. Fantastic. We are delighted to have you with us. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to sort of jump into um, some questions um, a little bit about uh, your journey um, into um, how you entered the career of procurement. Um, so not going back too far, but as as far as your sort of career, as it were, um, how, how did you start, uh, Sebastian, in your journey? Well, the... Um, if we are talking about the procurement, we would we would really need to go quite a few years back. Okay, because, I'll allow you to um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're literally going back to around 2005, where where I kind of moved from the f- um, front of house roles to to back of house roles, and um, and this is where the procurement journey started. To be honest. Um, Working with closely with the head chefs and and everyone in the hotel, you know, being responsible for the ordering, um, it was actually pretty, pretty cool job to be honest. Okay, and which which hotel were you at? Oh, so um, I started at the hotel which I don't think it exists anymore. It was Fissel Barbican Hotel. Okay, so I, yeah, I, I know it. I don't know if it's under that banner now, but uh, correct. I know that they went under refurb, or or they were going to kind of change it to rebranding to, to something else. Probably, yeah, I think it's Goman now. Yes, they, they, that's they're right. called Goman Hotels. Right? Goman Hotels. Yeah. So and and then from there, it just it just kind of continues. I I took the short break to um, take a journey with a company called Micros Fidelio. Which at the moment I think they called Oracle. Okay. <clears throat> and the reason for this was to get a more knowledge about the technical sides and of the all the software, uh, which is used for the procurement and purchasing. Okay. And and then came back to purchasing. So work for uh, work for the original Budaba, uh, which was opened in London in literally built within you know in the bridge in the structure of the bridge. And uh, then moved to the Lanesborough, spent there quite a few years, because over a decade. A lovely hotel. Um, I have to admit, yes. And and then and then uh, moved to the Montcalm Montcalm Hotel Group, where I'm here now. Okay, and and when when did you start at the Montcalm then? Oh, so Montcalm started last year. Okay, last year only. So I've I've. I've yeah, we literally talked in April last year. So a bulk of your career had been at the Lanesborough, is that right? Uh, that is correct, yes. Okay. And so what is it? So now you've moved into procurement, you've got the skill sets um, from Oracle. Um, what is it you like about your procurement role? Um, quite a few things. Um, most of them are involved with um, dealing with the suppliers and contracts which means you actually can make a difference in terms of make it or break it for a company when it comes to cost. Okay. Uh, but also you, you meet quite a lot of interesting individuals. 
yeah, um, and um, that gets to the point where I actually like treating suppliers as a as partners in business rather than you know just people who you get the service from. And I, I'm I think I'm on old fashioned on this one, but <clears throat> um, the the most important thing is that you uh, richly do something which has um you can influence the company a lot in terms of the savings that you can generate and the services that you can get them um, from the suppliers that you are dealing with okay so you mentioned it's uh, i mean on two occasions it about savings um now you're working in a premium hotel brand is that all about savings no, uh, if it was only about savings, you would not, but never be able to deliver the service uh, that the guests would would require. And um, as as we've mentioned before the podcast started, I, I do actually cover seventeen hotels, which is within three groups, and we've got five star properties. Then, um, which is Moncom. Then we've got Park Grand Hotels, which is four star properties. Okay. And then we've got two en- environmental friendly hotels, which are inhabit hotels. Uh, each of the group has completely different needs, set of needs. And um, again, it's never only about the cost. The, right. chi- the cheapest doesn't really mean the best. No. I think um, people and guests now are looking for the experience and uh, they know when corners are cut. Oh, that's that's for sure. And, and also... It's much more about the reputation in the long run as well. Mm-hmm. And you need to find a very f- fine balance between the the quality of the products and the price that you are willing to pay for it. Okay. And you mentioned also that in your procurement role um, that there were some interesting characters. Um, what, what do you mean by that? Which means you, you, you meet a lot of people and um, they've got different approach uh, towards um, towards people from procurement, right? You you you've got people who come in and they they will do everything to sell the product, and by by everything I mean they will just say, look, you know, uh, we are the best. Or um, what I personally don't really prefer, they come in and then they ask you who you're dealing with, and then they say, actually, those people are the worst ones. Okay. Right, like or or you know, they oh my god, how can you be dealing with them and 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 things like this, which I don't really appreciate because if you if you are to meet me and um, and we are to to deal with each other and start the business, it's better if you tell me about your achievements rather, ra- than, rather than trying correct your it's, other decisions. It, it 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 doesn't really work, but but also in the long run, you um, not most, but quite a few of the suppliers that, that I've met over the years, I, I still keep in touch. And it is because obviously they deliver in the service and that that we require or the products that we require, but it's 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 also about the personalities of the people who I'm dealing okay. with. So it's a very people um focused decision as well. And also possibly based upon you know, maybe your relationships or your experiences with what you saw at, let's say, the Lanesborough. Would you use suppliers that the Lanesborough uses? Um, I would, some of them, and some of them, obviously, I wouldn't. Um, works both ways. Okay. And um, obviously, you're working in the hospitality hotel sector. Um, what is it you like about that sector? Mm, every single day is different. Okay. Okay. It's 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 a very fast-paced environment. And um, it actually allows you to, again, meet people or um, 
get to know the products or the categories that you would never think that you're going to be kind of involved with. Okay. And, such as? Uh, oh, so uh, such as anytime you, you start doing refurbishment and there is something different required for for different type of hotel, right? Okay. So, so the five-star hotel would require um, different products and, and obviously, again, that you would deal with the different set of the suppliers and um, obviously, again, depending on the budgets, whatever the case may be. So... It's it's just brilliant that every day brings well every day is a bit of an you know exaggeration but most of the days brings something new there there is it, there isn't such thing as routine in there no which is brilliant I mean that brings me on to the question really is that I mean you've kind of answered it but uh, I'll still pose you with this question um, what does a typical day look like for Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian starts at silly o'clock, right? So I'm I'm probably at work around six, if not before. Okay. I would go through, uh, you know, tons of emails. Uh, you know, some of them saying thank you, and the other ones saying like, "Would you mind reading through forty-three pages of terms and conditions?" Okay. And and you just get for the next wave, which is coming after nine. Um, but um, there, there isn't really a typical day. It's obviously you do the things which you do kind of daily, which means responding to emails, going through contracts, or, or meeting suppliers, or on the you know on the blessed occasion um, taking part of a podcast. But thank you for that. Plug. But but <laughs> but, that, um, but normally it's um, it's much more about what, whatever the day brings, and you know you you open your emails, and then you know you just make a big cross sign and. And you just go through it. So um, it's also a lot about training and, and developing the staff within the hotels, especially when it comes to the procurement software. Okay. Because as you, as you may well imagine, and everyone is probably aware, there is a huge turnover of staff. Yeah. Which means that people come, people go, and yet they need to be trained. And how big is, do you have a department of people that report into you? Uh, yeah, so obviously I work with my coordinator and I work with, with one of the other ladies who, who is helping us. And then we've got people who are um, kind of responsible for purchasing uh, within the hotels. They're not really procurement departments as such, but they are responsible for raising the purchase orders and so that will be through the heads of department will come through to you that would be pretty much yeah. okay so let's say the exec housekeeper wants a particular thing he or she would come through to you and then correct you would either source it or they would suggest someone or, or how would it would, would that work would there be dialogue between you there would be because okay. obviously i need to understand their needs yeah and i think it's crucial um uh, to be honest and um, both sides need to be happy, which means I need to be happy with the supplier that we are choosing and they also need to be happy with the supplier who's going to be providing for them because yeah. um, I am kind of a working in a head office and they have to run the operations daily. So, okay. so it's not about my choices only, they wouldn't work. So you have to obviously um, almost acquiesce to some of their, um, they, they will want a product let's say some towels or something like that your your area of expertise is getting the right price of those towels but they want that quality of towel in the thing is there as is there a 
toing and throwing of that decision? Uh, yes. So, so well, most of the times you would get an email saying we need towels, uh, <laughs> which is as specific as it's yeah, not. Exactly. And um, so we would need to get back to them saying, right, if you could be kindly a bit more specific of what kind of towels you need. And then once you once you get a spec from them, uh, I would suggest a few suppliers, mostly based from experience and and from uh, from the list of the suppliers that I know that they, they can provide a, okay. the, the goods that we require. So you keep a vendor profile of suppliers for different services and products for the hotel group? Uh, that is correct, yes. Okay. What, so what uh, would you say are the skills required for your job? For someone, let's say someone coming into the industry and they want to go into procurement, what, what skills are required for the job? Um, I, I know that it's going to sound like everyone else always says, but um, attention to detail is one of them. Patience is the other one. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot about understanding the needs, but it's also a lot about um, kind of a common sense as well. And um, in, in my opinion, the most important, one of the most important things is that you need to kind of treat companies' money as if they were yours. Correct. Which means don't spend them foolishly only because it's actually not your money, right? And once you once you get your head around it, right, there is a boring part, which means like, yes, you're going to have the terms and conditions to be read that nobody ever reads, even people who write them. They don't really read them anymore. you know. But um, it is important to to make sure that you the per, the items that you are procuring purchasing or services that you are procuring purchasing is something what you would take for yourself if needed being as well mm -hmm. okay and so what would you say to someone by way of advice if they were starting their career off in fm procurement in whatever sector but obviously you're focused around the uh, hospitality sector but what would you say by someone thinking i want to go into that what advice would you give them well, first of all, build, uh, number one is obviously depending on a position. If it's a senior position, um, build a team around you because uh, you really need people who you can trust. Uh, the second thing is buy, uh, sorry, build the actual network around you, which means contact other people who deal with this, right? So other facility managers, other procurement managers, Okay. Uh, meet them, greet them, get to know them. They are really helpful. They, they also have the contacts that you may not even know about. Okay. And, and the third thing is, if you are starting at the junior position, please make sure that you shadow your line manager as closely as you can and learn as much as you can, mm -hmm. right? Which also means ask questions. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, it's yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be much of a progress. So, so is there some sort of secret society of of procurers in the hotel industry out there? Oh yes, they all on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, but uh, do you meet up on a regular basis and you know swap mm -hmm. towels and dressing gowns and things like that? Oh yeah, and we shampoo in each other. But um, <laughs> but apart from this, we um, we. We meet up a bit on the um, summits, so okay. so so quite often we get invited, and those are um, those are kind of uh, uh, meetings with the suppliers or summits, if if, if, if you prefer, where where are in their invitation only. 
which means that the, you are presented with the group of the suppliers, and if you are interested, you join it. Okay. And and this is where you meet quite a few people in the from the from the industry as such. There aren't many of those for a year, mm-hmm. but once it happens and you are there, the the people who you are going to meet are usually people who you want to meet. Okay. So. Looking specifically now at facilities management, has the way that has the way uh, facilities management procurement changed over the years? Uh, yes, well, definitely after COVID, when everyone is short of everything, and um, we are not talking only about the physical items, we also talking about the services. Okay, um, so the- supply chain issues of product and supply chain issues of service. Uh, that is correct, so, which okay. means that the lead times change a lot. Okay. Um, to, to add more to it, it's um, it's very challenging to find a supplier who can, um, especially considering that a lot of them uh, literally went under during COVID. Okay. And um, it's difficult to find a supplier who would have a resources, so, sorry, so like, you know, resources to be able to provide the services that you need, but also would be able to keep their own staff for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. which is critical, especially from the hospitality point of view, especially when we're talking about the facility management. If you are having a maintenance company that, that deal with your boilers, yeah. you really don't want to have the situation where every single time when somebody comes, you actually need to show them where the plant room is. Right. Because those people will not be really able to help you much because they will have to learn everything from scratch. Again. And then next visit you've got a person who is brand new and and the circle continues right which is not what you would be expecting okay yeah i mean it's um it has been challenging i think and uh, obviously there has been mentioned by a number of our podcasters about supply chain issues um a- another question i've got here is that with the advent of online meetings um love them or hate them, through either Zoom or Teams and back-to-back meetings like that. Um, Do you feel that this has affected the way strong partnerships with suppliers can be fostered? In general, yes. Um, For me, partially, which means, um, as I have mentioned, I am kind of the the old-fashioned fellow who prefers to, f- to meet face to face. Okay, that's great. Um, and um, reassuring to hear. Well, it's um, meetings on Zoom are meetings on Zoom, right? And um, number one is you you see the face of the person usually, so you can't really read the body language, which which I think is important, especially when you sit down at the table and you start negotiating. Mm-hmm. And also, people have a tendency to be more brave when they are just literally behind the screen and and you can't really see them and they would say the things that that they wouldn't normally say when you're sitting in the room. But also all those teams, Zooms and you name it, they're missing a personal touch. Yes, which is the hospitality, almost the raison d'etre of the hospitality. Yeah, which means that any kind of important meetings where where decisions need to be made, I definitely would do face-to-face rather than do this online. And I'm also not a big fan of making decisions just by sending a dry email. Okay. It, it just, uh, email is just a confirmation, right? The entire, the entire process should, should really take face-to-face. Because I also believe that this is how you build the relation with the supplier as such. 
you can send one million emails and at the end of the day, the person doesn't even know how you look like. Exactly. I agree. Um, it'd be interesting to know what our listeners think about that. Um, do you think um, COVID and the way um, we now work um, has kept suppliers and procurers more at arm's length than before? Do you think it'll ever go back to that face-to-face situation? I haven't. I haven't experienced many challenges. People, okay. people are more happy to visit. Uh, get or, out of their home, probably. Well, get out of homes, but also get out of the office, because, mm. because as you've mentioned, you know, it's a, uh, at the moment people are kind of used to, especially through the period of COVID, they were used to literally sitting at home on their couch, right, having a nice shirt and tie and in their boxes, right. <laughs> so, as because as long as it cannot be seen, it cannot be proven. Uh, but I think, uh, I mean, again, uh, I'm generalizing a lot, but I think people missed the the socializing bit. And it's not really, you know, the, the, when, you, when you're dealing with... Um, when you're dealing with procurement and dealing with suppliers or in the on their particular occasions with their clients, right. it's it's not really a Twitter thing where you just post something and nothing happens. It's it's good to get out of the house or get out of the office and 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 just to see. And also it gives a better understanding of the establishment you're dealing with. Yeah. Which means like the you know environment and things. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So if you if you if you come to the hotel and you go like right, yeah, that that looks all right. You know, rather than, rather than trying to just go through the photos, which you know, and everything, you know, they're mostly photoshopped or or they kind of made to look prettier than they actually are. So nothing really replaces the judgment you're gonna do on your own when you're actually crossing the door. Okay, I mean, it's a very 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 good point. Um, so Sebastian, what's the next big thing in procurement to look out for? Uh, hard to say, to be honest, everyone is waiting what's going to happen in Ukraine, I believe. But, um, if, if everything settles down, I think the next big one will be to see what China will do. Because if it's not uh, Russia, it's China. I won't become political on this. No, no, no. Uh, I, I don't want to become political. Yeah. I'm talking about much more from the economical point of yeah. view. They they have already proven that they are able to literally put on hold entire you know and entire industries like you know car manufacturing. That mm. you don't have chips that you can't really do it. Mm. So it's it's really interesting to see what the situation with them with them will be and either the actual economy will be able to recover slash move something you know they they factories to the other countries where they can actually provide the supplies so i think it's just a matter of the you you, you are re, we have i think everyone is looking for a kind of stability within this you know chain of the chain of the supply that's i think this is this is the main one to look for and then if it happens to be a case you definitely want to be one of the first one who will get everything sorted for for your companies, which means you you will sign the contracts, you will you will get everything in place to make sure that that your hotel, well, in my in in my um, case, my hotels or our hotels are secured. And I think if you miss it, it's gonna be difficult because if if the factories open in other other countries than China, they obviously they will have a limited capacities. But would you not then say that maybe to mitigate that, you would look at dual sourcing from you know towels from one country, but also from another country, so that you've actually got a backup plan. Um, 
you know, this is seems to be where a lot of the um, organisation, particularly retail, are looking in terms of uh, managing their supply chain to dual source. Uh, which is uh, which is what is happening at the moment, anyhow. Okay. I mean, I we wouldn't put everything into like kind of a one basket, right? Okay. Which means we we would still uh, split it, and then we would have the backup supplier. However. The backup supplier doesn't really mean that the items will come from anywhere else than China or whatever, wherever it's gonna come, wherever right. it's gonna come from. And if there is a shortage on the market, like uh, again, um, towels or linen may be a good example, mm-hmm. which is a big struggle at the moment. Any supplier you go to, you say, right, you know, we are happy to give you some of the hotels, and uh, would you be able to do the linen for us? They said, yeah, sure, but the lead time for us to source linen is 16 weeks. Okay, yeah. So you do have the backup plans. Um, what I'm trying to do is diversify it in a way that I uh, rely a bit on the suppliers who can produce goods within UK. Okay, or so... within the European Union, and and just, you know, just to try to skip... Asia, um, if possible. Okay. Um, so how important are sustainability issues with suppliers that you work with? Crucial, to be honest, okay. um, especially when it comes to refurbishment. Um, you you really need to be able to um, execute the contracts that, that you are signing for, and you need to really be sure that suppliers will deliver of what's contracted, and they will deliver it literally on time okay and again there is and you sign them to clauses on that uh, you would you would sign up you would sign up the clauses obviously you would give them uh, a bit of a breathing room which is a week or two here or there because because you have to however as um as you know the refurbishment is is, is like a domino effect yeah which means that one fails and, and everything else is pretty and everything much else. waiting yeah. absolutely and then um any kind of delays with as you mentioned, we, we can't really do the bookings. We can't get the revenue, which means we're talking about quite a substantial amount of, of, of the revenue, which would be lost. Mm. Okay. So in terms of EDI, what about uh, that in terms of your recruitment? So the diversity, the inclusion of the people that you hire for the staffing and things like that. How is, how is your group on, on that in uh, terms of... I mean, I work quite closely with with <clears throat> human resources, or or as we say, people and culture. Right. And I think the main the main point for us is to find a person that fits the organization, right? And we are discussing much more a character rather than anything else. Okay. And we would not exclude anyone, um, you know, because of their race, beliefs, or or anything like this. It's it's. It's very, very unprofessional, and and it's literally it should be forbidden. As simple as this, because it's who you are, and that's all it that's all it's about. To be honest, yes, I think also is that there's a view that it should be representative of the guests that would be visiting your hotel, and to suggest that variety and things is a is a healthy thing. Um, so, looking now, um, what do you think are the next trends in procurement that's a, that suppliers need to wake up to? Um, I think the environmental aspect is quite important, to be honest. Um, I think that 
it's well obviously it's very trendy at the moment yeah. uh, i think everyone is you, you know is working towards the uh, limiting the uh, carbon footprint and and going to these zero net emissions and and everything like this okay and it is becoming very uh, important aspect for procurement as well and even even simple things like uh, we we replace the plastic keycards in some of our hotels with the bamboo keycards oh, okay um, I have to say that those keycards are going missing like there is no tomorrow because guests love them. Oh, is uh, it because of the branding look of it uh, as well? Well, it's because of the branding and because they are really nice and obviously you, you would have something engraved like a logo. Uh, so the guest would go like, right, I can give it to reception or I cannot. I, you know, if I don't have to give it to reception, why don't I take it home? Uh, which is great uh, uh, in a well, way. It's getting your brand out there. That's correct. So so kind of, a, you know, the, that's, that's the advertisement for us, which uh, I believe works wonders. But they are environmental friendly. Mm. So obviously, there is, it, you know, you're replacing plastic with, with, with something what's, what's been sourced kind of naturally, right? Yeah. And also, it might actually allow for other uses of that bamboo material around the hotel, whether it's, you know, I don't know, beer mats or something like that, or people like to to trophy hunt. Oh yeah, that's 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 so. one of those. I mean, the the um, we we are aiming to to go for the bamboo pens and even shape, okay. and even shaving kits. Okay. Which um, which again, it's it it's making this much more well, much greener. That's fantastic. So, what would you say now? Let's just looking at Sebastian. Um, what's your biggest regret in your career to date? I'm not sure either I've got much of this, to be honest. And um, I think the biggest regret would be that um, that everything took so long, right? And and if you look at your past, you would go like, oh, maybe if I would have moved here or there, it would speed things up. But um, overall, I, I am where I am at the moment, which is, I'm, I'm just happy. So not, not too many regrets, to be honest. Okay. Um, and on the flip side... Um What's your um, greatest achievement in your career to date? Uh, apart from general ones, which is like you know helping com- helping companies who I you know which I work for to 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 get better results. Um, I mean, I'm the head of procurement for 17 hotels, which I think is uh, it's quite an achievement, and. Um, I'm I'm actually quite proud working you know to to be working for for all for all of those groups, so um, yeah and then uh, not career wise uh, the family just, you know no doubts about this one. Okay, that's so that that's good. Just finally, um, what things in life it could be work or leisure that gives you the greatest satisfaction um, and enjoyment. Um, at work, it would be getting things done and getting things done properly, right? Which means that if I can see that whatever I'm doing is helping the company to grow, great. Okay. And um, in life, it's a family. There is there is no doubt about this. And uh, as as boring as it sounds, chess, which is uh, game set and match. Uh, Oh, that's not chess. It's, it? it's more. It's more like a checkmate. But that's I'll, a checkmate. I'll, yeah, yeah, sorry. That's, that's fine. I I, I do play. I do I play in, tennis. It's I was fine. in Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> not that. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay. Uh, so you're part of a chess society, or is there? Uh, I I I do play in a league, and uh, and I do play for the county, and and take the part of like you know the UK championships and stuff like this. But oh. uh, to the uh, 
to the limited level, which means that I play uh, within the category of people who love chess, know how to play chess, but yet they still have a life apart from chess. <laughs> okay, I won't read into that too much, but uh, no, okay. Um, well, Sebastian, that brings us uh, to the end of our seventh episode of Wear Many Hats podcast. Um, we hope our listeners um, found this uh, interesting to listen to. And we'd like to thank Sebastian uh, for taking the chair today. It's been um, both, uh, I think, thought-provoking and very engaging. And we welcome our uh, uh, feedback from our listeners. Thank you once again, Sebastian. Brilliant. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated.